that parish for many years, had passed away. And as a courtesy to clergy, and after we did Father Cyril's funeral, I decided that I would try and do my best to make the funeral for every priest that passes away, if there's a way for me to get there, just out of respect for the service that they had in the church. So I got up early that Saturday morning, I'm sorry, that Monday morning, and drove down to Cardiff-by-the-Sea, which is really far. Um, you think you're almost there, but you're not. Um, went to the funeral, and as we got to the funeral, they were finishing that divine liturgy that I told you that they have to do for a priest beforehand. And after they finished the liturgy, we had a little bit of a break, and the priests that were arriving put on their vestments, got ready to go, and then we went and stood outside on the solea, and this is the solea here. And as we were standing on the solea, I noticed that I wasn't the young priest anymore. I was in the middle of the pack now. And I so wanted to push and shove and get to the front of the line where I used to be, realizing that time goes by, and as this time goes by, you start to see the wax on that candle melt. And I think that I've done a good job in my life to say that that candle on the wax is melting, but no longer from both ends, just from one end. I think I've got it all under control. But one thing that I noticed at that parish, which blew me away, and I wish that they would have this icon on a smaller display or smaller level so that we could have it in other places as well. But on the back wall of that church, in mosaics, beautiful mosaics, was a great big icon. And if you can imagine the icon on the left, on this side, on your right, had an icon of Moses holding the Ten Commandments. He had two stone tablets, and don't make me think of that Mel Brooks, the 15 commandments. Now there's only 10. He had the Ten Commandments. They were just numbered. They, the commandments were not listed, but they were numbered uh, Rome, with Roman numerals all the way down. Moses standing there. And on the other side, on this side, was an icon of Christ holding two tablets. And I could not stop staring at the two and realizing that truly in our church, in our faith, in the Orthodox tradition, Christ is the fulfillment of what? the law and the prophets. And today we celebrate the passing of Moses the prophet who held those ten commandments. Now if you ever take the Bible and you whole open it up and you take it and you open it right to the beginning of the Gospel of John, to the New Testament, and you look at how much is the Old Testament and how much is the New Testament, you'll realize that the Old Testament is probably two-thirds larger and thicker than the New Testament, which is much smaller. And I noticed that Christ's two pillars that he was holding, or two, two plates that he was holding, only had two things written on them. It had four words written on them. But on Moses, there were ten Roman numerals listed down. We all know the Ten Commandments, right? You all know them off the top of your head. Boom, 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 right? Just like you know the starting lineup for the Dodgers. Four words on Christ's tablets, two words on one tablet, two words on the other tablet. What do you think they were? Love God. Love each other. Love God. 
love each other. Realize that in the Old Testament, God sent us prophets and all kinds of people to give us the word of God, which was essentially to love God and to love each other. But we couldn't get it. We were dense in the head. We couldn't let our hearts open up to that. So what did God do? What every good father would do? He came down himself in the form of his son. And God incarnate. And he did the job himself. You want something done well? You do it yourself. And the New Testament is so much shorter and so much smaller because that message that God gives us in the New Testament is very simple. Love God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love each other. But still, even when Christ was in the flesh with his disciples, walking the earth, they could not get it. And still to this day, I think we're having a hard time not getting it. In the gospel passage today, the Lord gives a very compelling parable about a man who owed a lifetime's worth of salary to his master. Imagine that. A lifetime's work salary to his master. A lifetime. You work your whole life, all that money that you make, you have to give it to your master because that's what you owe him. And the servant couldn't pay it and he kneels before the master and asks for forgiveness and the master says, you know what? Yes, go. You, you don't owe anything anymore. Your slate, your tablet is wiped clean. That's a great gift, don't you, wouldn't you think? That's like hitting the lottery. That's like hitting those numbers. Great gift. You don't owe anything anymore? Done. I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm out. I'm celebrating. I'm inviting my friends over for a barbecue. We're done, right? But not this guy. His heart was so rocky so solid and his mind was so numb from getting the message that he goes out and he finds a fellow servant who owns him a hundred denarii. You know what a hundred denarii is in today's cash funds? About a dollar and a half. Dollar fifty. Seizes him by the throat, throws him in prison, takes his wife and children and puts them in prison too and puts him there until he earns the $1.50 to pay off his debt. Now, let me ask you this. How do you earn a $1.50 while you're in prison? There's no jobs there. I mean, you might make some license plates, but I don't think they had license plates back in those days. And where did this servant who wanted his $1.50 so badly think that he needed that $1.50 all of a sudden? There was no need for him to need that $1.50. He has a difficult time understanding the new compassionate rule that God gives us. Love God, love each other. In the divine liturgy of the church, we just prayed for a good defense before the judgment seat, for a good defense before the dread judgment seat of Christ. Let us ask of the Lord. And what's the response? Lord, have mercy? No. Grant this, O Lord. For an awesome defense before the dread judgment seat of Christ, let us ask of the Lord. 
we're all going to stand before our Lord and he's going to have a tablet written of all of our things that we've done, the things that we've checked off, that piece of gum from pick and save, Gary. I went to confession for that. All the little things that are listed down. But the most important thing he's going to ask us, the most dreaded thing he's going to ask us, and the thing that we have the most control over that he's going to ask us, is how did you treat one another? How did you treat one another? Did you treat your other fellow servants the way that you wish to be treated? Or did you treat them in a disrespectful, horrible kind of way? Because I can't go a sermon or two without mentioning the Dodgers, I want to tell you of one encounter that I had with a blessed man. I got to meet Vin Scully. And for those of you who are Dodger fans, you know who Vin Scully is. Okay, he's been the announcer for the Dodgers for 67 years. Okay, 67 years, long time. I met him in Westlake Village at a restaurant. This was the first time I met a celebrity where I did not apologize for interrupting them. I actually did the opposite. I walked straight to his table and I said, Mr. Scully, I'm not even going to apologize for interrupting you. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've always wanted to meet you, and thank you for all that you've done in bringing Dodger Stadium to my home. The man stood up. He said, let me introduce you to the people that I'm with. And I said, no, I'm not interested in the people that you're with. I want to talk to you. He says, let me introduce you to Mr. Stan. And I said, hi, Stan. And his wife, hi, his wife. And to my wife, hi, wife. I said, Merry Christmas. It was Christmas time. And I turned back to Mr. Scully. Mr. Scully, I want to ask you this, this, and this. He says, oh, it's my wife's birthday, and we're celebrating their anniversary. And kept di diffusing it from himself to others. And as I walked away from that encounter with him, I realized that here was a man who could be as pompous as he wanted to be. He was nominated the broadcaster of the century for the 20th century by other broadcasters. He's the greatest of the great. His voice is baseball when you hear his voice. And here he was not taking any of the glory for himself but diffusing it to other people. I will always remember that about him regardless of how many great baseball calls and memories he's created for me. I will always remember that he deflected from himself the glory that I was trying to give him and was trying to in turn give that glory the people he was sitting at the table with. What an awesome, awesome man to be able to do such a great thing. And I ask that you take a look at today's gospel passage and that you think about the Ten Commandments and that you think about the two commandments that the Lord summarizes those Ten Commandments in. And I ask you, are we doing those things in our lives? Or do we put ourselves first before our neighbor, even before our enemies? Considering what's happening in the world, how much love is needed, how much love for God and how much love for one another is truly needed. May the Lord God guide, protect, and be with you always.